Welcome to the Bit Here We Go podcast, coming at you live from the Bit Here We <laughs> Record Studios. <laughs> the more professional that you sound in the intro, I think the more embarrassed I am. <laughs> Why? Why is that? Let's let's talk about that. Because <laughs> we're just sitting in our living room talking. It's fine. Keep going. Well, I mean, we. <laughs> so, you had something to say. Yes. So this podcast is going to be very special because it's going to be all questions and content that Joe is providing and what Joe wants to talk about. And at the end, after we post this and after it's been out for like a week, we'll compare the stats to that episode with all the other ones. And we will determine uh, if I'm better at podcasting than you are. <laughs> we will see who the it who the real professional podcaster it's data, is. data, so we can analyze yeah. it and we'll know. We're going to make data-driven decisions on go. the content that we provide for our listeners. That's how we would hear solve and resolve conflict. Not that we're having a conflict over this. Yeah, I wouldn't say this is conflict. I would say this is trying to produce a better product for our audience. <laughs> of five people. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if we can get their spouses or their significant others to listen... We could effectively double our podcast. It's true. That's how math works. And that's the question. What is interesting to everybody? Not just the five, but maybe the seven and the ten or even the twelve. That's deep. But I am <laughs> curious. <laughs> yep, it's deep. I I wanna I wanna know why do you think why why do you say you're more embarrassed every time that I sound more professional? <laughs> um, because I try not to take this podcast too seriously. And so the more mm. serious that you take it, the more I feel the need to remind you that this th literally there's only like five people listening. <laughs> okay. Okay. But hey, you do you. I'm here to support you. I hear I you. I will chat with you forever. I hear you. I see you. And I would like to remind our audience the the beginnings of this podcast way, way back when, in the early, early days of August of 2021, I got a podcast. It was called Low Carbon Solutions. It was on the Oil and Gas Global Network. Are you just doing like an advertisement? For no, your... no, I'm not. <laughs> Since then... That show has been changed to the Energy Transition Solutions podcast. So if you haven't downloaded it yet, you Wait, don't want do to I... search low carbon solutions. Okay, you need so to search I... Energy Transition Solutions. So I, but I don't need. To, I'm already like no, subscribed. You should be so, fine. Okay. If you're already subscribed, that's great. You're Perfect. fine. It'll transfer naturally. No big deal. But the whole idea of doing our own podcast was so that really I could get familiar and get used to trying to record a podcast because you have I have 10 20 years of experience <laughs> I have eight eight years of experience behind right, but the that's, mic that's just me sitting in in a like recording state studio. of the art recording studio I mm -hmm. never like mm -hmm. I just read the script that they presented to me at the time yeah yeah but but I've never done any of it so I think it's it's helpful what this teaches me is how to, one, how to have a conversation and how to see what is going on with the equipment 
and be able to like multitask with the equipment and with having a conversation in a very safe, natural, comfortable setting. Right. And that like requires the least amount of editing. Because didn't you get some like feedback or some constructive criticism where like you said, like um a lot or so. Yes. It's just like little things like that, which I feel like any like average person, if you stop and really think about the filler words that you use throughout There's your day. Oh my gosh, it's so much. I know so I'm many. like the queen, especially like <laughs> I'm the queen of filler words. You're the queen of like. I'm the queen of, well, I wouldn't go that far. That's just like an insult. <laughs> I wouldn't say that either. Okay, thank you. You're not the queen of like. Borderline offended. You're the queen that I like. Oh my God, stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> oh God. But I'm glad you bring that up. The The criticism that I got. That's actually one of the content pieces. Do you actually have a list of content? I've got, I've got a list of content. about five minutes ago, you said that you had no idea what we were No, no, about. I've got a list. Okay. And I'm just going to give the viewers just a, a quick hit. And I want you guys to rate us on how we transition from topic to topic. Oh, my gosh. So what we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about mandatory vaccines we're going to get to the 9-11 20th year oh anniversary. My God, this is a really this intense is, podcast. Hey, it's been an intense week. There's a lot of stuff going on. Right. From there, we're going to shift into podcasts and just, you know, talk about podcasts. We are, we're going to talk about like the 12 podcasts that I listen to on a weekly basis. Maybe those, maybe the ones I listen to. Cool, cool. Maybe where podcasts are today and where they'll be in the future. Are we going to have enough time to cover all these topics? Ooh, I don't know. If we don't, I guess we'll have another show brought to you by Joe's Brain. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we will. And then finally, something you said that I'm not particularly interested in. <laughs> First <Well> kisses. <laughs> so That was when I was like thinking that I was in charge of what we were talking oh. today and I didn't have anything. And I was like, well, maybe okay. that would be interesting. So we don't well, have to talk about it. I have a very uninteresting I've story got, for mine. So That's good. I've got a segue that I have already planned. Okay, perfect. Well, for that. let's just dive in then. Not to that question, but like to your number one of your list. Yeah. So mandatory vaccines. Yeah. So there's been <laughs> there's been a lot going on this week. Wow, we're really this like starting a, in the the heavy topics. But remember, we're comedy, so it's going to be fun. It's going to be light. Doing we're going to be laughing. It's going to be a great time. Wow. Okay. Emotional roller coaster. It's going to be a podcast. Great. But there's been a lot going on this week. President Biden said everybody has to get vaccinated right. or something like that. Right. It is the 20th anniversary of 9-11. I think. We... Are you just rereading your list? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. That was that was the start of the podcast that I was originally going to say before oh, gotcha. I read the list. Perfect. So this is where you guys can start. Can start rating us and oh, critiquing. Oh, I, I forgot this is a competition. <laughs> but How do you feel about mandatory vaccines? I, now, firstly, we are both fully vaccinated and we're probably one of the first kind of group other than like the frontline workers and first responders who got vaccinated out of a fluke. So we are, yep, we are coming from yep. that context. But it, how do you feel about everything? How do I feel about mandatory vaccines? Yeah, how do you feel? Yeah, so mandatory vaccines are an interesting thought because I I go back to 
to God on this one. You got and, to. And I think it's it's really important to think about, like, what would, I mean, to go back to the 90s, what would Jesus do? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I in, in all seriousness, I was thinking about, okay, what is the goal of the vaccine? Right. What is our goal as Christians? And and where do those mesh? Where do they where do they conflict? But where do they where do they kind of complement each other? Right. And I think what I boil down to is that what we should be doing as Christians is sacrificially loving others. So if you are a Christian and you are not trying to help your fellow believer or even your fellow human in in whatever way you can i think that you're probably doing it wrong Hmm. and 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 hear me say i'm doing it wrong but when it comes to vaccines i think it's i think it's pretty clear here like you either should be in your house just kind of staying away from everybody until it's gone that being covid or you should go get vaccinated so i i feel like it is it is my my duty to love others well right by getting vaccinated to help stop but how do you feel about uh i hear that how do you feel about the government making it mandatory because those are different things but that's you're talking about someone choosing to get vaccinated to show love for another person but then what is happening as well as the government is saying this is something you now i will say like caveat is the actual the actual whatever he said is you either he's asking osha to create the rule that you either have to get vaccinated or submit to weekly testing so there is an option to opt out of the vaccine but i guess what what how i see it is well this is what i've been saying since the beginning to me this is not i mean obviously there's a pandemic but to me, the deeper issue at hand is I see this as a issue of truth. I think that, and I'm not saying that I have all the truth and I know what the answer is, but I think what you're seeing is we have half of the country, two halves of the country, and they are each living in a completely different reality than each other. And so whether that be right or wrong, I think what is difficult is people because I I do have a lot of friends who are either like really hardcore anti-vaxxers or just do not feel comfortable uh getting the vaccine for personal health reasons and it I just lost my train of thought but it they are acting on information that like the other half of America doesn't have it's just very strange to me so I think I think if this was a different time, I think if we all agreed on the same information, this wouldn't, I, one, I don't think we would be, we would even be at this point where we would need a mandatory vac- a vaccination. I think we would either all be on the side of, hey, let's just wear masks and or get vaccinated or be on the side of, hey, let's just let nature take its course and personal responsibility. I don't know. I just, I see this more because like, if you go up to the average American and you ask them, are they vaccinated? And then you ask them who they voted for. It typically falls upon party lines. And I just really am fascinated by that. Uh, just because I think that that, and I don't know if that's just how 
you know government countries typically are is is that kind of stuff is so much related to political ideology or if we are just at a point in america where our politics kind of encompass one they shape our worldview but they encompass a lot more of our ide personal ideology and personal convictions than we thought they did mm -hmm. if that makes sense mm -hmm. yeah. so i think where i struggle with is like i'm like you like I would hope that everyone would feel comfortable to get the vaccine because of all the information I have, I felt yep. very safe and comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. And so when people don't feel safe about it, that makes me sad that they, they, they don't feel that way. And I'm not necessarily that they're being deceived, but like, I get it. Like it is very hard right now to know what the heck is true and what is propaganda or what is misinformation or what is a troll on the internet. Like it is extremely mm -hmm. difficult to decipher that. And, like the average person, it's not like a question of intelligence. It's just like who has time to really like or even like the access to really fact check a lot of the stuff yeah. when we are all trying to go about our lives and just like survive the day to day. So it's just uh -huh. a very complicated. Um, it's a complicated issue. Right. And I think if a lot of more people approached this this issue with more of like a, hey, like, let me step back and like try to understand where the other person is coming from. And, and granted, I guess you could say that about <laughs> any and all issues. <laughs> I think we're just, I think it's just become such a part of like tribal identity that it, there's like no communication anymore. So like yep. if someone's like, oh, you didn't get vaccinated, like you're dead to me. Or, oh my gosh, you're vaccinated, like that's the mark of the beast. You're Satan's helper. I don't know. Just crazy stuff that like, we just stopped talking to each other. And we just stopped. Like I, I don't feel like from the beginning, I don't feel like this was like a team effort i feel like we were divided prior for other reasons and so when this pandemic hit it just it deepened the sepper if if that is even grammatically correct and this has been ali's ted talk <laughs> <laughs> so i i agree there are there are definitely reasons to not get the vaccine for health reasons and and if you come to the conclusion that you don't think it would be right for you to get it, I think that there are, so yeah, as, as you're saying, like we should not, we shouldn't be at this point to need mandatory vaccines. We should all, we should be able to come together as a society really as, I mean, for the U S as a society to, to do what is best for each other. Right. I think it, when it comes to mandatory, mandatory vaccines, it, I think there's multiple different ways you could look at it. You could look at it from the angle that the president is a, is a professing Christian and he is saying, I want everybody to get vaccinated so that they can love their neighbor. You could look at it from the perspective that he is kind of the CEO of the U.S. in in some kind of way, and he is saying, for the good of my my people, the federal employees, for the citizens that I am in charge of, not in a like communist dictator sort of way, but in a leader of the free world right. sort of way. 
he's saying as a president kind of way as a president kind of way he's saying i want everybody either vaccinated or making sure that they're not spreading covid hmm. and and then you can also look at it just from from the I mean, you could look at it from the perspective of a kind of as an overbearing parent or overbearing leader saying, well, if you're not going to do it, I'm going to make you do it, which I think is, I think each of those directions on how you are interpreting the mandatory vaccines, I think ends up saying, saying a little bit about how you what your relationship is to both your creator or your belief in a creator or belief not in a creator and also your relationship to the government because it, I think they are, I think the idea of the vaccine, the main goal is to, the goal of it is to keep us healthy, is to, is to prolong life. Well, and that's where I think what you see is like, one, there is a lot of distrust for, I mean, that you have your, your group of people that, that just are um, skeptical of vaccines in general, but you have a lot of distrust about this specific vaccine, which I think obviously plays a huge, huge role into it. And I it. will admit it was rushed. Right. It w- I mean, it, it was, was a historical super warp speed. Warp speed. Right. So you have that, but I think another thing which you pointed out I think a lot of this, or at least the friends of mine who um, I've seen talk about this on social media, it, it's like a personal freedom issue for them to where they don't want the government encroaching on them and they want to be able to make the choice of what they put in their body and what they not. And, and to that, again, like I'm very much pro all vaccines and very much pro this vaccine, but I, I can understand their argument where, and this may get, <laughs> this may get very political, um, we may lose followers. The five that follow us, actually, no. It's going to get they're cut probably down to four. Um, the only thing that I've heard counter that argument um, is that the same argument they are using, which is a valid argument, is the same argument that the pro-choice movement uses now i know it, that's a very simplified version of both it's the of same those argument issues. that the pro druggy movement is using i guess yeah solid point so it's it's interesting to me give me that heroin right when uh just like from like as someone who's never studied political theory i'm more of a history buff i'm just very interested to see where this where we kind of end up on this like i foresee like obviously abortion laws are kind of being challenged right now and along with the vaccination stuff i'm curious to see if we see a lot of legislation around uh, personal autonomy and what that looks like and what the government can and cannot do with that um i don't know i don't know because it's 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 almost like they could probably the people like the anti-vax demographic and the pro-choice it's like a Venn, if they had a Venn diagram, there would be like a lot of overlap. They'd be real close together. Right. So it's just interesting. And it's almost coming back into that worldview. Like they have different worldviews, but they're fighting for the same mm-hmm. legal It's almost like thing. a three-dimensional Venn diagram. Right. It's confusing. There's and I don't know what, I don't know what the right answer is. And obviously like I don't like abortion and I want it to not be around. 
but it's hard for me to, when I hear that, I don't want the government telling me what to do with my body. And I mm-hmm. hear that. I'm like, well, that's the same thing that yeah. this, these people. So I don't know. It's yeah. very confusing. I think it's a very, <laughs> it's, a, and granted, I have, I've only been voting since 2008. So 12, 13 years. Um, it's, You've it's been podcasting for longer than that. No, (laughs) but I think it's very confusing right now to just figure out what the heck is going on, especially when the candidates are so black and white. It's like, I have no idea. Like no one really, and we, we talk about this all the time, right? They're like, we, it's hard for us to find a candidate that we're like, we agree with you. Yeah. It's either we like one half of them or we like the other half or none of them. Or all, or well, none no, of no never. We've yet to like all of everyone. I've never wanted to vote for any presidential candidate. Really? Really. But that's right. You didn't vote before we got married. But that well, was like, well, like that was just like pure laziness. Yeah, it was. It was ignorance because I thought I couldn't vote because I was still a resident of <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> right. And I you wasn't. Had to do your... I was. I was a little lazy. I didn't want to do a mail-in ballot. Right. Because that it takes a lot of effort right so all those people who mailed in ballots like kudos to you guys but i never did and i did not realize that i could vote here in texas while being a resident of illinois oh i didn't know that either for For the presidential election yeah yeah wow so it's so would that get counted in the electoral college for texas yeah fascinating but yeah. you could you also vote in Illinois? No, you just no, had to like you pick can only one. vote in one. Yeah, you. I would re-register. I could have registered to vote here in Texas, saying I was a current resident. Would they as know a if you registered in Illinois and voted in Illinois? And like, how would they know it's if you voted? I mean, that's technically that voter could, fraud. That but could have. Maybe that's how people do voter fraud. But who knows? That's interesting. I don't Fun know. Fun little fact of the day. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, so talking about vaccine mandates, somehow we got onto politics, but it my foot just fell asleep. It is it's a very it is a complicated, it is almost a divisive issue that I I don't even even outside of mandatory vaccines for a worldwide pandemic, I think vaccines are always going to be one of those uh, controversial topics because we're always going to, there will always be anti-vaxxers and there's always going to be multiple different reasons why people choose not to get vaccinated. Right. But as divisive as something like vaccines is, there are some things in the world that are you but is this your pageant? Oh my god. <laughs> and one of those things was nine eleven. Right. Nine eleven brought us together as a country. Where were you when it all went down? Twenty years ago. Where was I? I was in Mr. Belden's World Cultures class. How old were you? I was a freshman in high school. Okay. It was first period. And then the rest of the day, we just watched the news. So they like, did they like wheel in a television and like literally have you guys watch the news the whole time? 
well, no, not in Mr. Belden's class, but by the by the time that I got to second period and every period after that, the news was on everywhere. I think the only thing, take this for what it is, I think the only thing that we really did all day was football practice. I'm sure the teachers were really distracted and emotional. Oh, yeah. The teachers the teachers were were trying to explain it to us and that that's always fun having a somebody like a physics teacher try well, to explain I wasn't a in physics life shattering time, event but yeah it was trying to have a science teacher explain tragedy <laughs> tragedy cultural differences and different ideologies and why somebody would think this is what they're supposed to do that's hmm. very very interesting how I guess at that time I would have four classes and you got four fairly different viewpoints on that but and they the were whole, already trying to explain it to you like was were y'all asking or were they just trying to like make sense of it for you guys I mean people were asking moment. like why would somebody do this what does this mean right this is weird what's going on so yeah they would I mean, that's their job. They're teachers. Right. They, they were supposed to teach and us. And you, you, where, what city did you go to high school in? That was Manuka, Illinois. And so how far outside there's of Chicago few, was that? There's a few famous people from Manuka. Another time. Yeah. What, but like how far out of Chicago? It's about 45 minutes. Was there any like concern that, that. There sh- was. Okay. Yeah. I mean, at that point, I feel like everybody was concerned that any the tallest building in their city was a target and the sears tower now the willis tower like that was that was another one of those that people were like oh is that is that also a target right is that something we have to worry about and i this may be an incorrect memory of mine but i remember knowing more about the sears tower than the world i had never heard of the world trade centers until 9-11 like i had and granted i was 11 but i had never I was like, what are these two buildings? Yeah. So it was like, it, it was an, yeah. I learned a lot that day. Well, the Sears Tower was the tallest building for. Oh, before until, the World Trade Centers? No, it was or taller. Empire State? I don't know. It was taller was. than the World Trade Centers. The Sears Tower was taller than the World it was, Trade Center? It's still like the third tallest building in the world. Wow, I had no idea. Maybe, maybe not so much anymore, but. Yeah, it was the tallest building in the world until like 2015. Hmm. But the, so that's where I was. I was in in a small suburb learning about world cultures and then hearing about this. Hmm. Where were you? I So I was 11 and I had um, the, I was homeschooled at the time. So I was home and I remember very clearly my mom was like had all of us kids, all three of us going to the living room because my dad had called her when he heard he was working. I remember him working downtown Dallas at the time and he had called my mom or he was on the way to work and we heard on the radio and he called my mom and told her to turn on the TV. So we were all sitting there watching it. Um, And then I remember very clearly like everyone, you know, Haley must have gone somewhere my mom must have like gone to the kitchen or whatever and I was the I was the only one there and I saw what I would know later was the first building falling and I was like really confused because I was like didn't know 
Like, I mean, I'd never seen a, who had, right, seen a skyscraper collapse. And I was like, what the heck is going on? And I, like, called everybody in here. And then they would announce later, like, that's what happened. Um, And then um, we ended up going to our, like, our homeschool PE class. And it was essentially, like, uh, instead of doing our PE or, like, presidential fitness challenge or whatever we're supposed to do, we just sat in the lobby of the Heights Recreation Center and watched the news for the rest of the day. And so, but I do remember, like, my dad came home early because they basically cleared out all the buildings in downtown Dallas and told everybody to go home. And we just, like, sat and watched everything. But I, the only thing that I really remember thinking during that day was this is going to be something I tell my children about one day and this is something that's going to be in textbooks one day like I I was very cognizant of it but this is like I am witnessing a, a moment in history right now so I think from that level it was pretty impactful I did not understand the um I don't think I really understood the level of tragedy that it was being 11. I think I was more, and this sounds terrible, but this is the mind of an 11-year-old. I was really like, oh my gosh, like I'm really, like this is interesting. Like I finally have something interesting to talk about. And then, so I think the as older I get, as the older I got and every year when they would replay everything, it was, it just became that much more, I became more aware of just like how, terrible of a situation it actually was because at 11 you really don't you're not like you're not a little kid necessarily but you're definitely not you don't have like the thinking skills and cultural awareness to really understand the gravity of the situation so yeah Yeah. 11 yeah 20 years ago it was 20 years ago and i think that's the the crazy part because we were thinking about this in the car today that now there are there's adults people who are over 18 who were born prior or after 9/11 right so there are people who are who did not they live in a post 9/11 world their right. entire lives right they didn't know they've they, never been i mean as of i guess they spend their entire lives with the exception of this month in war with afghanistan yeah. Like that's I, there are a lot of things that started that day that are either mm-hmm. still ongoing or have just recently ended that was very much normal for them. Yeah. But it's it's weird for me. I I feel like and I don't know if it's just because like the late 90s and early 2000s was such like I don't know. I feel like that's like a snapshot of the decade I grew up in, if that makes sense. Like when you think of like the 60s, the 70s and 80s, you kind of have like a, not like a theme, but like you kind of have an idea of like what that generation or decade looks like. For me, it's 9-11 and like whenever I watch uh, like memorials or whatever of them showing the footage, like the 1990s or late 90s, early 2000 businessman like look and everything with the technology, it's just very much it's very nostalgic for me in a way that it's almost like a double whammy of like grief because not only are you grieving the death you are watching, but it's, it's, you're also grieving like, gosh, what an idyllic from again, like we all remember our childhoods or hopefully we all remember our childhoods to be very happy and carefree, but then to have everything very much switch flip. off, right? Or like, yeah, flip in that moment. And I kind of feel like 
it was by no means like an end of my childhood, but like that was very much like an end of an era for America, yeah. I feel like. Well, that was the the worst attack on American soil. Right. The largest American life lost. Right. And I think that's the in for some people, and I think it's that is something that can bring a lot of fear thinking that these were these were people who had box cutters and and the confidence to take over a plane with four people even though there's hundreds of passengers and knowing that those four people with box cutters can create that much devastation and granted it was it was 12 or 16 or 20 or however many actually ended up on the planes including the rest of the entire organization that that was backing them but those four people on one plane crashing into right and bringing down an entire building. I think that is, that brings a lot of like, a lot of realization of how fragile life is. Mm. A lot of realization of how. You don't know what tomorrow you, brings. Yeah. You really don't know what's going to happen. And, and really you don't, I, I guess where I was going with that is that that could be a very fearful way to live mm. is what that could have done. Mm. And I think it, in some ways, I feel like we see that today, mm. that fearful mentality. Whereas a lot of people were originally saying this is like, it brought the country together. We, we had a united front we had the war on terror. Right. And and then when we, that ended up not really being what and was as going that on. as that went long, as as that continued for twenty years, things and really America slowly and slowly became divided again. Mm. I really do and this is sad. I mean, I'm sure it's like a part of human psychology, but I feel like America and I'm sure countries in general do a lot better with morale and again unity when in war i think if you look back at american history the only war that defied that was vietnam obviously but every other war for the most part it was a time of unity and team spirit and patriotism and then i I think the more and maybe it's just like maybe Wars for good causes would be a better way to describe it. But then with like Vietnam and even the war on terror, when there isn't an actual enemy and like who is the good, you know, that's when those philosophical questions start getting asked. But I would even, you bring this up now and it's making me think, what if 9-11 was the trauma, the collective trauma, right? And we've never healed from it. And it has just caused us and pushed us into being in this very defensive posture of I have to keep myself safe, us versus them, yada, yada, yada. And it's created a lot of the dysfunction. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that I think that's where I'm going. 
And that's kind of what I'm saying is that it, it brought out a lot of fear Mm -hmm. and fragility in people. Right. And a lot of that, a lot of people realizing their, I guess their, their fragility and the, the, just how close to the end they are. Mm. And at that time we had something we could all focus on with our fear and with our, with our, we could all um, agree that what happened at nine 11 was a tragedy. And that was like the one thing we could all agree And that's where we could focus our, our, um, attention and energy. Yeah. And I'm at a loss for the right word, but as that continued, as we, as that became less of the narrative, then people still with this fear, still with this, 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 uh, as you put it, the, the collective trauma, the collective trauma and the something that they needed to be against us versus them, the tribalism that we see today, that tribalism needed needed somewhere to go and once you stop having everybody being pro-war and being open to voting and raising the budget for the military then it becomes a what are we what are we fighting who are we fighting? And right, we slowly, gotta fight somebody, right? So let yeah. let let me. I'd rather pick my neighbor <laughs> than not fight at all. We're fearful of life itself, and we no longer see the threat of terrorists and coming from the skies. So therefore, we need to start infighting right. and attacking each other. Right. So. The unpopular opinion that I'm that I'm oh gosh in a very roundabout way saying is that I don't know if nine eleven necessarily brought us together right it just distracted us for for ten twelve fifteen years if that yeah so that we basically gave gave ourselves time <laughs> to strategize like on how a, to eat each other right apart. it's when like a couple like are on the verge of divorce but then they decide to have a baby and then that baby grows up and leaves and they're like wait i still hate you (laughs) that's an extreme example but that's kind of what i feel like you're getting at that's really deep joe as we both take huge gulps of water sometimes you gotta drink this is one of those podcasts that you just need to drink on this is uh pretty heavy yeah you know with as heavy as this is, right? I say... Are we going to talk about podcasts now? I say we lighten it up a little okay. bit. Okay. First kisses. <laughs> so, what else in 2001... What is a what is a happy memory I, from 2001? Do you have any memories from 2001? Wait. I can't. I can't. I don't have, like, memories with years stamped on them. They're all mushed together. Well, for me, that was my freshman year in high school. Oh, well, school. that's why it's memorable. I was 11. I was just, you know, still oh. doing lemonade stands. Well, for me, that was the year of my first kiss. Really? Yeah. I, Is this your well, segue that you've wait, been was saving? It? I'm sorry. That was way off. That's hilarious. That was not the year of my first kiss. When was the year of your well, first no, kiss? Well, no, 2001 was the year of my first kiss. Okay. It wasn't while I was a freshman. 
but it was the summer before while I was in eighth grade. Oh, you're yeah. so cool. Who was yeah. she? I'm assuming it's a she. Yeah, it was Based a she. Based on what I know about you. It was a she. <laughs> we, uh, it was at a graduation party. Oh, snap. Were there adults there? Was there any chaperones? Yeah, there were chaperones around, but we, not like we, like me and her, but right. the way that these parties would go, for some reason, like we always would end up like everybody laying in grass looking up at the sky. Ah, like solid. For Love some it. reason, we got some really good stars. Really good stars. Right. I don't know how or why. In the cr- Wait, was was this was she like a crush that you've crushed on for a while, or was she no. so, she was some random Just, girl at a party? Was there I alcohol mean, involved? No, no, no <laughs> Who alcohol. Are you? No alcohol involved. She wasn't a random girl. She was a girl from class. Obviously, she got invited to. But you had like no graduation parties. I'll be quiet. You tell the story. And it was just one of those things that we were talking, we were all hanging out, and somehow it became a kind of hot and heavy conversation. What? <laughs> About what? Do I want to well, know? <laughs> we were at a, we were swimming. And <laughs> Sorry, I'm like. Next thing you know, we're talking about wet bathing suits. Oh my God. I Wait, do I want to know the rest of the story? And then we just made out for a while. So you went from not kissing anyone to a full-on makeout session? Yeah. Was it like a good makeout session or were you all just like slobbering was, each other's faces? It was faces? eighth grade. I don't remember. Wow. It was a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far Did away. Did you all um, date after that or it was just like a hookup? No. No, we didn't. You not were like date. hard pass on what's her name from your you're, class. You're in eighth grade. How are you supposed to go on dates? Um, I don't know. Have your parents drop you off? Yeah. Mm, no. That's weird. I guess cell phones weren't really like a thing back no, then either. No, cell right? phones weren't a thing. Right. There was AOL Instant Messenger, but I did not have my own computer. Oh, yes. I so, I mean, I think maybe we talked afterwards. I would like to interject here and by saying, because we did, I we got a computer when I was seven. So, we, my dad was very into technology. We always had some tech thing. We did have a computer. Okay. Well, we had, we called it AIM growing up. But um, but Haley and I were homeschooled, so we didn't have we didn't have anyone to talk to, so we would just talk to those bots. Oh, <laughs> that's too bad. Oh, so sad. Yeah. You want to know? Are you done with your first kiss story? That's it. I I don't think it's that interesting. I think it is. Um, it it makes me highly uncomfortable to hear the subject matter of your conversations, but I love it. That's that's what happens before Christ. Right. You're just out there. Well, it also, to, to be fair to you, that can also happen after Christ. You're out there raging hormones, just trying to, just trying to make out with right. people. Right. And. Well, thank God my first kiss is not as exciting because my mother is listening to this. Um, <laughs> it was my junior year. It was during all like 12 performances of the community produced musical of. <laughs> Seven brides for seven brothers. I was Liza, one of the brides, and I had to do one kiss on the mouth with the actor playing my brother. And by my brother, I mean one of the seven brothers who was going to marry me, the bride. Uh, and it happened every night. But that was my first kiss. And I remember because it was a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, who was uh, had the character of marrying my character. And I remember him saying, like, look, like you got to actually, like, 
he basically told me that I was like not kissing him right. <laughs> like you gotta actually. Well, because like I don't even him. think I think I like. You would like, peck him on the cheek. I don't even think I would do that. Like I think I was, and granted, like I was like very uncomfortable about this whole situation. No, I like I can't. I'm trying to describe this, but I'm showing you like this. Yeah. Like sucking my lips so, in, so like so there think, was no lip contact whatsoever. So I think the way the way to describe it, and maybe I'm doing this wrong. Nobody ever taught me how to shave, but whenever I shave, whenever I lather okay, up my face, yeah. I like kind of right pull my lips in, so right. that way I can just brush the lather right over right over my mouth right so that way there's no soap on my mouth right that's for all how, the guys who are listening they can get them in so maybe that's, that's what, how that's what little junior year of high school ally was doing too and it was i'm sure thank god like he, the way he dipped me this the audience i'm sure couldn't see anything but that was yeah. that was my first kiss well in front of a whole audience but i mean honestly it was hardly kissed, but there you go. Do we want to talk about our first kiss? No. <laughs> <laughs> it was on our wedding day, and it was very awkward because everyone was watching, no, and there was so much pressure. It wasn't awkward. It was beautiful. Okay, sweet, sweet husband of mine. <laughs> it was the, honestly, that was like the thing that I was most stressed about in, in terms of the wedding was, dear God, this is the first time I'm going to kiss you, and and one, most people knew it. I think if no yeah, one what's knew up with that, that? Because, how did everybody know? Because we talked about it and we were anyway. So, uh, yeah, that was our first kiss. But yep. wasn't our last. Nope, we're still kissing. Oh, so gross. Okay. And not by kissing you is not gross, but <laughs> you're, you're, uh, you're making me uncomfortable. <laughs> That's the, I can't say Well, we got to make Let's this, move on. we got to make this funny, right? right. <laughs> we're in the comedy <laughs> section. <laughs> For this episode specifically, I will remove us from the comedy section. <laughs> but how's that going to look on our on our But Here We Go pod season one album? I think our five listeners will be okay. I think they'll you think survive. they'll understand? Yeah. It's like that when you've got a hard rock album and then you've got the ballad. Right. Hey, Taylor Swift has proven that you can pop around genres all you want. Yeah. Just. Right. Yeah. Just shake it off. Right. Right. Duh. Yeah. But I think Is this you This was this was a what were you gonna say? <laughs> so is this you trying to segue into another topic? Yeah. Got yeah. It. I'm segueing into podcasts now. Got it. We're when talking I, about podcasts on a podcast. Yeah. When I first started listening to podcasts, one of them that kept getting advertised to me was that there's a show where these two girls talk about everybody they slept with. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know why, why. And you listened to it? No, I didn't. Oh, I was about to I don't say. know why it was being advertised to me. But it's kind of like our first kisses. That is something that now people talk about openly on podcasts and have people listen in on. Right. Except the one I'm talking about was like who they slept with the night before. Right. You're inviting people into your private moments. Yeah. Yeah. And... I'm pretty sure that segue is going to flop, but that's fine. That was the segue? That was, that was, that was kind of me trying to segue into podcasts. Oh, well, there you go. So <laughs> I it, mean, I guess it, it worked, I guess, until you explained that that was what you were yeah. doing. Podcast. What do you want to? Oh, oh my man. God. Your mic. Oh, man. My mic just <laughs> dropped. You scared Literally. the fudge out of me. 
You freaked out like you were about to die. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna have a. Heart. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. The podcast are, are what the, was your intention about podcasts? Did you want to talk about your favorite podcast? With podcasts, I am just. I was thinking about this because we are watching the show, only murders in the building, right? On which TV. is a show. It's interesting because it's like a murder show, but it has the underlying theme that they are building a podcast out of it. They were they they connected. The main characters connected because they all listen to the same podcast, mm-hmm. and and this isn't the first time. There's a show with, there was that show with Dak, Dak uh, Shepherd Shepherd, where he, the whole premise was him starting a podcast, and I think that was like that was the show. Got it. So I'm just. Podcasts are very trendy right now. Is that what you're podcasts asking? Podcasts are a thing. Right. They are part of culture and of life right this is how i because i've funny enough i've actually been thinking about this a lot because i've recently started listening and by recently i guess i spent the past year listening to a ton of podcasts but i i was very much anti-podcast before 2020 um i think really people one one technology provides more access, right? Anyone, I mean, we are perfect Absolutely. proof. We are perfect Absolutely. proof that anyone can start a podcast. It's not that hard. Literally anyone. Literally anyone. Um. So, right, if you have the access, and I think there's just to kind of uh, connect to what we were talking about earlier. Like, there's a there's people that have a lot of things they want to say, right? And they just want to talk and they want to be heard and. And then you have other people who feel the same way and maybe aren't as tech savvy or aren't as vocal, but they want to feel validated in how they're feeling too. And so that's where I think that you, at least that's kind of how I found the podcast that I like to enjoy is like, hey, like these people are talking about the topics that I really want to talk about. And none of, my, none of my friends are talking about these topics. So I'll listen to these podcasts and then. That's deep. And then you, because what I've noticed is, especially because of like Patreon and stuff like that, where these podcasters they create their own little communities, yeah, um, to where it's yeah, it's 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 an interesting little um, social experiment, I think. But I've also in the because I listen to, I mainly listen. Well, yeah, I guess I mainly listen to like Christian. podcast but like not like sermons but like talk them just talking about issues pop culture i guess or current events but they were they actually were talking about this issue of there are so so many um religious like hot take podcast um mm. to where a lot of what they're finding is that there's a lot of people get into echo chambers yes. associated with yes they find a podcast that right. agrees with them right and they never hear anything else right and so they it, which is it's almost like hey are podcasts really helping or are they making things worse by mm. these like yeah it's, it's awesome that you're able to find these people and feel validated if, if, if you're not able to find that validation for like in your own communities um but at the same time like it is so important that we interact with people who feel differently than us yeah because and it not necessarily to change what we believe or what we think but because it makes us more empathetic people and it makes and it and it encourages um cooperation and learning and unity and all that stuff but then they were also talking about how um from a christian perspective 
um, they've noticed that a lot of uh, young people, they don't, kind of like how we've talked about before, like when, like churching, for, for people who are looking to go to churches, you shouldn't just go to a church that is like does the best entertaining you, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. But what they found with like podcasts is like young people are like, well, why should I go to this church with this pastor when I can just listen to his podcast, this other pastor's podcast? Yeah. That I absolutely love and I, I agree with him all the time. Like, why would I want to go to this church where this pastor is boring or this pastor doesn't agree with me a hundred percent on yeah. X Y Z? So. It's an interesting, I don't know, who knows? Maybe yeah. it's going to be the next, the next, you know, social media evil. Who but knows? I think that is really that, that is talking about the larger sense of echo chambers right. and people who, people who are looking for the validation that you talk about, but are only looking for that. And they only want people who right. agree with them and they're not open to other ideas they are just looking for those answers. Right. And I think that is that is not necessarily it is definitely facilitated and exacerbated by social media. Mm-hmm. But I think that that is a societal issue mm. and a it's a larger problem than right. just just podcasts, just just even the church you choose or your Facebook friends or who you follow on Instagram. Right. That is something that people want to, to know they, they want to be told that they're right. Yeah. And they don't want to change. And, and, and they, they don't just, like hearing that they're wrong. Right. And I, and that is to your point, a very, very dangerous place to be because yeah. no one is a hundred percent right on everything. And for a lot of things, there isn't a right or wrong answer. And so when you have this mentality of absolutism, and again, I say this is I believe in absolute truth, but when you have this mentality of like my opinion is the right end all be all thing and I will only associate with people who agree with that, like that's where you get, I mean, that's why we're here where we're at yeah. in this country is that we, we have gotten to a place where we have lost the ability to really talk to people. And to understand that just because somebody disagrees with me on whatever topic does not mean that they are against me or it doesn't mean that they are my enemy. It literally just means that y'all view an issue from a different perspective. And we can't do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's That's what I'm saying, therapy. We just need group therapy, but like for every single citizen in in our country, which is impossible, so... Who knows what happens? So it sounds like what we need is a podcast <laughs> with everyone that just kind of walks you through. It's a government mandated podcast that everyone that, is required to listen to. That makes you fix your problems. That's run by Joe and Allie Batier. Yes. Put that on the ballot. Yep. Boom. We'll become a line item in the federal budget. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're very cheap. We just take boba tea. <laughs> it's not a problem. Yes, yes. We didn't really talk about podcasts much, but more the idea of podcasts. I can give you a whole list of. Uh, well, I have well, a good question for you. Yeah, yeah. Because it's actually one Tell that me. I've. I, I think it's really interesting. So I've been listening to, um, uh, 
Christianity Today has a podcast called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. And it's like half the podcast is actually about Mark Driscoll at Mars Hill and the craziness of everything yep. that happened there. But then the yep. other half is really a commentary on modern evangelicalism uh-huh. and everything. Okay. You know this because I talked to you yep. about it after yep. every episode. This yep. is for the people listening. The people. The people. Um, And so I, half of the people I know, most of the people within Christianity are aware of this podcast. And I feel like it's kind of split in half. You have the one half of people who think that the fact that this podcast exists is div- divisive and that by listening to it, you're just contributing to divisiveness and we should just, like, we need to stop um, ripping each other apart. And then the other half is, hey, like, it's good to talk about trauma because that's where healing comes from. And if we don't talk about the bad, then how are we ever going to learn from it or recognize it in the future? And I've I've heard really good arguments on either side. And honestly, like, one... You know me. I love watching a good train wreck. So, like, this type of podcast is right up my alley anyway. But I do think it's an interesting debate of, like, like I heard somebody refer to it as um, failure porn. Like, we really love to see people fail. And epically fail is better for our entertainment purposes. So, like, where – what do you think about that? Like, what – especially, I guess, what do you think about that just as Joe? And then what do you think that as a role is – a believer in that question. Yep. I think that it is true what's being said there. There is a we all love watching a train wreck. Like there's nobody who doesn't. There's a reason why we say that. And I think that's part of it. That we all like to see people fail. It's almost like that makes us feel better about right. ourselves. Because I think if we're going to be honest, if we can all be honest with ourselves right now, everybody has a fear of failure and everybody has a little bit of of imposter syndrome, mm. whether it is as a stay-at-home parent or as a geothermal geoscientist podcaster. or as a podcaster or as a property manager or as a marketing director or as a pastor. Like we all, there is a fear of failure and an imposter syndrome associated with those. Hmm. I think that is, that is partially because everybody, everybody is their own PR department on, on social media, only showing you the best parts. So that's a problem, but it's also, I guess because of that, we like to see people fail hmm. because then we don't feel like so much of a failure, right. which is sad. Like we should want to see people succeed. Right. And, and I would say that's, I mean, I, I feel like I'm also in that. Like I, I enjoy watching people fail when I, when I think they're wrong because hmm. then it validates me a little bit. Right. It proves that they're wrong and that you're not. Yeah. That you're not. That you're not the wrong person. Yeah. But then at the same time, I'm like, why should I want somebody to fail? Like right. that is that it's it is. It is upsetting. For people to fail. Hmm. And even if it is my my worst enemy. If it's something in business, like. 
ultimately they still need to provide for their family. So like, I don't, I don't want them to be out of a job Mm -hmm. and to be a failed closed business. I want them to succeed. I just want them to, to fail, but then somehow succeed with something else, something that was different. (laughs) So that's me. Right. But as far as, and I think that is a very similar answer as our Christian duty. We, we need to be pointing out people's failures. We need to be calling them out, but we should not be rooting for them. To we fail. should not be rooting for them to fail. Right. We should be. I think the way to put it is that we should be rooting for everybody to succeed. But what that success looks like is, is becoming more Christ-like. Right. And that may look like you doing a 180 because you're currently failing. Right. I think what also makes it really challenging, especially in like the Christian realm, is that like before you were just like a pastor at some rinky-dink church and there's no social media, no nothing. And you, if you failed or if you did something wrong, you were only responsible to, to make that up to your congregation. Where we, where I see the big difference now is that we have a culture of celebrity pastors, whether, and, and, and I say celebrity pastors, like, I don't think being a well-known and like, well, Facebook liked or Instagram liked pastor is innately a bad thing. But we do have these pastors that are, and Mark Driscoll was a perfect example of them, who they were a massive public figure, right? So it wasn't, and that's where I kind of, I, well, I completely agree with you. And which is where I feel conflicted about this stuff because I agree. Like, I don't think we need to root for people to fail. And I don't think we need to like, when somebody's down, like kick them harder, you know? But at the same time, when you have, like with great power comes great responsibility. And when you are a public figure and you not only it's when it's not just a matter of failure, but it's a matter of trauma and abuse and criminality in some cases, then I do think we have, it's a different thing, right? Mm -hmm. Because, and I will say, let me just finish. Beth Moore tweeted recently Um, And I'm going to see if I can get it right. Like there is a huge difference between, and she was speaking specifically to like um, the sex abuse scandals within the SBC, but there's a huge difference between sexual immorality and sexual criminality. And so there's a huge difference between like, oh, like, hey, we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of the God and we're all going to, like, we're not perfect. We're all going to mess up and we need believers around us to lift us up. But when that crosses the line from hey you just messed up to hey like you've committed a crime or you have hurt another human being and are continuing to do that then that to me is where it elevates it to something entirely different to where I feel like we're called to approach it and handle it in a different way yeah yeah and I think to that to that point there is a absolutely as you are breaking laws, as you are stepping over moral boundaries, there are, you should be elevating the way you react to that. Right. I, I still think even going back further, the whole idea of any type of failure, whether it's 
whether it's financial, um, moral, ethical, mathematical, like any, any area where you have, have gotten it wrong, whether it's business or whether it's personal or whether it is spiritual, every failure is an opportunity to learn Mm -hmm. and it is an opportunity to grow. Right. And it's an opportunity to get it right. Right. So in, in this sense, the idea of really what, what it sounds like is kind of fetishizing failure and making it something that we love to go and watch Mm -hmm. like that shouldn't be the goal. Right. But the idea of sharing failures so that we can learn. Right. That I think needs to be done. And it, it may be if like if you and me have a a poor conversation where I hurt you, that's not something that we necessarily talk about on the podcast so that everybody knows about it. But that is an opportunity for us to grow closer and for us to learn how to better communicate with each other and with others. So I think that something like Mars Hill and that podcast, I think that is appropriate to share in a wider audience. Whereas there are things that may not be appropriate to share in a wider audience. And I think that there, there is some discernment that needs to be taken there, but it is the, I think the in the in this context the goal should not be shock and awe Entertain. and entertainment. It should be instructional. Yep. Exactly. It right. should be instructional and growth opportunities. Well, and I think I mean just kind of bringing the podcast theme into this. I think it's just cuz we are at a time in society and culture where like everything is expected to be produced when yeah. presented if that makes sense so like yeah we are all whether we like it or not we're on, we're on. if you post i mean maybe not you because you don't do a lot of posting but the average instagram poster is going to use a filter right you're yep. doing editing you're doing production you are creating this idea and this image that you're wanting to present and i've and we've seen that creep into religion and not just i mean we're we are christians and so we are going to harp on our own people but not just christianity but we have we've entertainmentized it you know like it's the lights the music the the bumper right the music that gets you into it the The fog machine the fog machine (laughs) the super cool tennis shoes in skinny jeans and the graphics for every new teaching series the uh the worship leaders have an album and and not all these things are bad they're not innately bad it's just really to me is we are in we are in this extremely, um, I don't know, it's like our culture right now is very much about how we present ourselves and how we entertain each other and almost like we feel like we are not innately valuable enough to not have to earn it by yep. the sparkle and the glitter and the oohs and ahs of everything. Yep. And then that hurts us in the long run. Yeah, it does. For all you listeners, you are worth it. We're not going to have any you, bumper in this. I'm not going to edit. We're just going to get it raw. <laughs> no, no. There, there'll still be a bumper. Intro, outro music, all that fun Says stuff. Says you. But you are worth it. You are worthy. <laughs> you are good. 
and awesome. Look at you. And you are You deserve all great. the love in the world. Hey, hang in there. Yeah. All the things that you see on the news, all the bad stuff. COVID that is, will end. That is all just propaganda that people are trying to get you to watch more news stuff. Like there are good people out there that are good, doing good things. And I truly believe there is more in this world that unites us than just divides failure. us. And just failure. Like There's there, more than just right? failure. We people, we're all humans and we're all gonna we're all gonna get there. We just gotta focus on the good stuff. We got we can't ignore the bad stuff, but let's just focus on the good stuff. Deal with the bad stuff. Move towards the good stuff in to <laughs> spite the bad stuff. In to spite? I was <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> I know, I know. Don't run from the bad stuff. Run to the good stuff. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, I I think we did a hey, a well very done. successful job wrapping these four topics together that that seemed pretty I will not say, together. I um was very skeptical when you said you, you were, were going to take it. You I were. was like this is going to be a uh, hot mess. And it's going to be a lot of awkward silences, but you did great. I felt like we had some great Thank conversations. You. The first the first conversation was a uh, guest request, and so was the second conversation was a guest request. And you didn't even know. Oh, yeah. I know. They were. You're so in sync. Look at that. So if you have more ideas, just text us. Yeah. Because hey, we're probably not going to know what to talk about All you listeners out there, send us what you want us to talk about. Send us those questions that you've got if you want to know more about what joe was talking to that girl about before their makeout session I, ask him there's no <laughs> no other other topics please <laughs> but please please rate please review let us know oh my gosh let us know who who you like more no please don't for the God. content <laughs> that's just, that's gonna make that's no gonna that's fine cause a rift it's gonna keep we're both going to keep just making content. Right. We're going to keep branding ourselves and putting that out there for you <laughs> because we're part of the social media industrial complex. Right. We're part of it. Right. All this talk about being anti. No, we're, we're buying in. Remember last week when I said the hardest thing to do is to get you to end podcast. I know. I know. You but need we a are. sign off. You need a sign we're off. We're going to end now. Okay, cool. So thanks, everybody, and we'll catch you next time on the Batir We Go podcast. Batir, we're going to go to bed. Bye. That's <laughs> my sign-off. <laughs> well, then go ahead. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.